what I really liked about this setup as the first kind of show is that it actually wasn't in a gallery. I didn't want it to become some stuffy event. This is actually mm. like a really cool space. It looks like a bit like a rainforest, weirdly enough, in the actual venue. Um, it just so happens this particular hotel is big on art, if that makes sense. You're listening to the Gangstar Creative Podcast, where we talk and share real strategies, real tactics, and real stories from me and my badass guests to help Gangstar creatives and artists like you thrive in both your business and life. And I'm your host, Ivana. I'm an artist, creative entrepreneur, speaker, and best-selling author. Are you ready to annihilate the status quo of the starving artist? If so, let's get it! What up, Gangstars? It's your girl, Devana, and this week's Gangstar Creative is Lawrence White. And if that name sounds familiar, he was actually on the podcast previously, but I'm bringing him back for a special episode. Um, A little bit about him. He's inspired by successful entrepreneurs, artists, and entertainers, and he paints vibrant portraits of some of the most influential people who have helped shape the world we see today. Having always been fascinated by understanding what it takes to achieve success and the individual motivations behind it, Lawrence paints figures who have inspired others in his own successes. His work focuses on capturing the entrepreneurial spirit, hard work, dedication, and persistence required to achieve whatever it is you want from life. He's recently had the opportunity to collaborate with Rolls-Royce, and it's sponsored by Hobbycraft and has racked up over 250,000 followers across all social media platforms, painting artwork for some of your favorite influencers and celebrities. He recently just opened his first solo show, And this is why I'm bringing him back on the episode to share with you all a little bit about that and how you can go see it because it's on display currently as you listen to this episode. And we discuss some of the new things that's been going on in his life, such as the collaboration that he got with Rolls Royce and all the behind the scenes of that, his sponsorship with Hobbycraft, um, and so much more. If you listen to the last episode, you know this is going to be a good one. So I'm going to go ahead and just hop right on into the episode. All right, gang stars, I have a very special guest today. It's actually the first time I've brought on a previous guest to come on the show and give us an update on all the new things that's been happening. I got Lawrence White here, and his episode actually aired last year on May 17th. So if you're just now listening to the podcast or you're just now hearing of him and you want to hear more of like the backstory and a lot of the things we discussed on our first episode with him, definitely go check out that episode because we talked about, you know, more about his story of how he got into art and and built his business. And, you know, we talked about like pricing work and growing his collector base and so much more. So I highly recommend going to listen to that episode first before you hop into this episode. But Lawrence, I'm excited to have you on again because there's so much new, exciting things that has been going on in your world. Um, and I'm really excited to kind of share that with the Gangstar Creative listeners. Yeah, no, absolutely. Thanks for, thanks for having me back on. Um, yeah. I really enjoyed our chat last time, so I'm pretty sure it'll be a, a fun chat and a lot of stuff's happened. Yeah, for sure. So a lot of the things that, you know, obviously the last time we spoke um, was like pretty much a year ago. And I've been keeping up to date with a lot of your stuff on social media and things like that. And you've been growing your audience, been growing your brand and been doing a lot of collaborations and brand deals and things like that. So there's so much to talk about. Um, First of all, I know one of the new things that has happened since we last spoke was that you actually got your, your new studio, like your own studio. 
Um, how has, how's that been working over the past year in an actual new place that's like you can call your own and that's kind of separate from your home and yeah I mean that was what uh, uh, what was that about five months ago now and mm-hmm. even that feels like a long long time ago because it feels like I've been there forever now but yeah that was a big thing in 2021 to get my own studio because I was at the time working out of my second bedroom in my um in my place and it just things have kind of uh, kicked on a bit and so I, I did really need that space to kind of be able to store paintings move around um you know varnish things and whatnot so it come at a good time but it's been amazing because it's really helped me like up the prog- productivity uh, when you're at mm-hmm. home like you know it's easy to just dive into the fridge or just chill out watching <laughs> TV or you know that kind of thing and so having my own space is um has been really helpful in in that respect you know yeah, for sure. So you find it easier or more beneficial for you to have to like have that big separation and having to like commute to a different location to do the work and coming back home afterwards. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it makes it feel like a more professional setup just in terms of like mindset when you're dealing with, I guess, as the prices increase higher net worth people and, and, and clients of that kind of level, you know, being able to show that you have your own studio and it's not just kind of a bedroom job, it does it does have some weight to it. Um, and so, yeah, just, just across the board, it's been a, a really good move. And it was one of, like I said, one of the things I really wanted to tick off the list and I, I was really pleased and uh, to get it done. Yeah, I know a lot of creatives kind of you know, think about uh, having their own studio. A lot of times they're working from their home or the second bedroom or, you know, just a a place somewhere in their apartment or home. Um, And then sometimes people feel like they need to have the studio or they start off with having a studio and realize that they're, they like, you know, working out of a studio at home. Um, Do you have any tips or advice for the Gangstar Creative listeners that are kind of in that like dilemma of wondering whether or not that's something that they need to, you know, invest in um, or any tips that they should consider before, you know, taking that on that route of having their own studio and leasing or renting out a space? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it can be daunting. And I was, um, yeah, I wouldn't say scared, but I definitely was questioning it at the time whether it was a good move or not, because obviously it's a cost that was going out and whatnot. And But I think you, well, I've more than seen the return from making that move. Um, and I think you just kind of have to do it. I would strongly recommend that you do it because it it does just help really increase that productivity. And if you are kind of active on social media it does kind of change people's perception of you being a legitimate proper artist if if you will um so I would say go for it I would say maybe uh save up a little bit so you have a um a few months worth of rent or whatever um saved up so that you haven't got that pressure in the beginning to kind of make that and and that kind of put pressure on you to maybe just put out work that you wouldn't otherwise put out if you didn't have to, you know, pay the bills as such. But apart from that, it literally is one of the best things you can do. Mm, I love that. I think that's good advice. And I know a lot of people have asked me about, you know, whether or not they should have a studio um, and, and make that investment. And obviously number one is just making sure that you can't afford to, to do that. And then two, it's kind of like, up to you because I know many like artists who are thriving and they you know they work out of you know a a, a a little 
part or like home that's like or shed or something uh garage like in the back and that's like their studio or they still work out of a separate room in their home and like they love it they love just waking up so I think it's also just thinking about like what works for you and where do you feel like most productive um and more efficient as far as you know what you see your goals are as an artist or as a creative um so I love that you shared those nuggets too yeah you know what as well and, and people look at my studio and I get the old comment um it's got no windows in it um because it's like in a yeah I said that to you I was like oh my gosh I could not have no windows <laughs> yeah but it actually works the other way like I love the fact that it doesn't have windows ah. because one, yeah one you can control the light and secondly I tend to work quite late into the night and so it helps um uh the perception of time kind of goes <laughs> when you don't like, when you're not able to see the the uh, the daylight or or nighttime outside. Interesting. I could totally see that. <laughs> um, you've also, since we last spoke, done several collaborations. Um, one of them you had mentioned me actually before we started recording was that you did like a collaboration with some uh footballers which I guess here in the state we would call them soccer players <laughs> um yeah. and you know I know a lot of your career has been doing a lot of cool collabs with celebrities and athletes and things like that so you want to tell us a little bit more about what that collaboration looked like yeah I mean it was uh, I say collaboration it was more like they've just become clients as such you know what oh, I mean oh awesome congrats yeah, uh, I guess collaboration would imply maybe you're free. Um, but that's what's been nice because I think when we spoke last time before, a lot of the work that I did for celebrities and, and people of influence as such was commissions uh, in exchange for kind of social media posts to kind of improve the reach and grow my audience. Whereas mm -hmm. another kind of goal for 2021 was to kind of switch those people into now people that would be paying for my work. And, and that's kind of happened. So, you know, I think um, over here it's called the Premier League and so there's been a couple of them. I, I don't think I'm allowed to actually name them or I'm going to respect their privacy. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's been, it's been amazing uh, to do that for them. I think it's just exciting when you get a really cool client and you're like able to deliver and then they actually give you some good feedback like they enjoyed it and whatnot. It's just, yeah, it's like the best feeling because it's exactly the kind of clientele that I wanted uh, to reach and hit. Yeah. Now you had mentioned, you know, obviously you had a goal of going from just kind of that trade and exchange for marketing and exchange for, you know, the, the product of the artwork and having them become uh, actually paying collectors. I'm curious to know what, like what steps or, you know, uh, tactics, I guess, that you have, um, I guess, executed or done to kind of transition in that direction is it more of like turning your um collectors that initially got work for you for for free and turning them into like repeat like another repeating client but having them pay for another painting or is it just more of um, yeah. looking at the collaborations differently and figuring out a way how instead of doing an exchange for free artwork but somehow you know making them also pay for the value of the work I think it's been two things. I think it's been, uh, I got to a point where obviously I took on a studio um, and I also have a um, social media manager as well who um, who works with me as well. And because I do have costs now, it just become a case of no, I literally can't afford to do this for you for free. And so actually saying no then meant that you actually find out how much people do want your work because <laughs> you're not <laughs> willing to accept the free work anymore 
fortress exposure because that doesn't really uh, pay the bills as such. So uh, partly that. And then secondly, I've just doubled down on the amount of content that I've been putting out on on all the social media platforms that I see uh, as the biggest ones um, in the space at the moment. And that reach has helped bring in new clients in itself. That's awesome. I appreciate that insight. What has been like the biggest uh, social platforms that you found have been most beneficial to you? Uh, throughout 2021, it was Clubhouse. Um, and for a couple of reasons, there is no platform or at the time, sorry, at the beginning of 2021, there was no platform where you could go on to to meet like-minded individuals right. that you like art. So, for example, if you're on Instagram, you could find one or two artists, but you wouldn't be able to find a whole community of art lovers and people that are really experts in the space. But they were all on Clubhouse. And so being in rooms, so, um, yeah, basically like a classroom of people talking, um, talking, that was amazing for connections. And more importantly, it uh, exposed me to NFTs, which has obviously blown up in the space and... Um, that's where I literally did my homework for about nine months before I ended up releasing some, uh, my first lot of NFTs. Um, and that in itself was invaluable. Yeah, I saw that. Congrats on that. And that's so funny because that's clubhouse is obviously how we met. Um, and you've, you know, done different and unique ways to build in your audience and connect with your audience. I remember the, our last conversation, you talked about your like WhatsApp group, um, and then I knew after that, like you were co consistently doing and hosting clubhouse rooms, you know, for your, your art club. Um, and then I saw in um, your updated um, like questionnaire form for, for today's episode, you know, you have a discord link uh, to share with everybody. And so I'm curious to know one, how is your, do you still do the WhatsApp group and how is that going? Um, and are you still hosting, you know, your clubhouse rooms um, or are you doing a whole different, uh, are you going a different path or avenue to connecting um, and building your, your audience? No, absolutely. I, I mean, I use platforms uh, for three strands of my business, which is I use Instagram to sell original paintings. I use uh, clubhouse and now Twitter spaces. People have moved over there that's how i sell my nfts uh, because that's where the um, nft community lives and then my whatsapp community so my text community that's where predominantly i'm just showing behind the scenes uh, content of what i do um and and they get a text once a week but they're kind of more the people that buy prints from me on a on a ad hoc slash fairly regular basis and so i kind of use those channels as my main points of uh community and influence i guess to to kind of uh, bring in, um, yeah, bring in those sales, I guess. Ah, gotcha. Okay, well, that's cool. So for the listeners um, that are tuning in that, you know, are like, oh, I, I love that idea of, you know, connecting with my fan base and my audience, especially I know when artists start out, they want to like sell prints, you know, it's like usually your first type of merchandise that you sell um, or product that you sell other than the original itself. So when it comes to creating a WhatsApp group that you've created, and for those that maybe have not listened to um, the first episode or don't follow Lawrence, you, I know the last time you had like a thousand WhatsApp members, you probably have more now. How does that work? How can someone create something similar to that using WhatsApp um, that aren't that isn't familiar uh, as far as you know building groups on there and sending out messages to update their their audience? 
Yeah, absolutely. I think since we last spoke, uh, Discord wasn't a thing. So Discord is mm-hmm. effectively the same thing, but it's a bit more professional in terms of uh, the things that you can do on Discord. But eff- effectively, with um, WhatsApp, you're able to communicate with your audience in a more direct and more authentic way, I believe. You know, um, text messaging someone is a lot more direct than just seeing a post on Instagram. Um, and it just helps build that rapport. Um, and so by doing, you know, putting out a message once a week, um, that kind of, um, yeah, like I said, builds that rapport and it makes feel people feel like they're a part of the journey and that wants, that in turn over time makes people invest in you. Practically speaking, what that looks like, it's not just a group on WhatsApp where everyone, where there's like a thousand people in one group. I send it out on um, broadcast lists. So I've got a number of lists that I send out um, the content to and that will then go to people's phone directly. Um, and that uh, would that just appears as a WhatsApp message, uh, which they can then reply to. And I then literally takes a bit of time. It is quite time consuming, but I then go back mm. to everyone to um, to you know, depending on what they say, uh, it's a great way to connect. Although it is quite labour intensive, which is why platforms like Discord, where it's effectively a WhatsApp group, are, are becoming much more beneficial. Okay, we'll talk more about Discord because I actually have only just recently <laughs> created an account on there and I haven't looked back since, honestly. But I still get like notifications on my phone, but I know it's like big within the Twitter community and obviously like the NFT space, which is what I'm starting to now learn more about, which is why I created the account. So can you educate the audience a little bit more about why that's better than using a WhatsApp group and how it's benefited you and um, how it can benefit um, the gangstar creatives that are listening? You know what, it is actually, Discord is a better platform if you wanna kind of communicate um, via text, I guess, and, uh, and whatnot. It is a better platform than WhatsApp to do that. However, for me, I don't particularly like um, Discord. It's quite user unfriendly, I, I would say, in my opinion. <laughs> but like you said, it's a, where a lot of the NFT community lives, and where I've been able to kind of build um, build that up a bit. I actually have um, a lady who messaged me, and she now actually manages my Discord, um, and she's kind of mm. building that. But I'm lucky in that we've been connected over over time and, and and she kind of deals with all that so I don't actually know too much about what goes on in there I just <laughs> see that she is doing great at kind of building that community amongst what I'm doing and and what I um, I have an art club on Clubhouse and Twitter spaces so she kind of promotes that and and kind of brings the people in to actually have them conversations in those rooms. Ah gotcha love that so I guess for the beginner listener I think WhatsApp's probably a good route to start with. And then as you grow, look into, well, you can obviously start with Clubhouse too, because Clubhouse is still popping because um, I still get notifications for it and you can create an audience through that. Um, but using Twitter and Discord and looking into that um, later and possibly even having, looking for somebody to help manage the communities once your communities grow and get bigger. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you literally just hit the nail on the head. Okay, cool. I just wanted to make sure I took everything that you said and summed it up so that the, the listener can really take those as some good steps. Um, and so moving on to, you know, your collaborations, one that I saw that was really cool was that you collabed with Hobbycraft, which you told me earlier is one of like the biggest um, art supply stores, in, I guess, in London or in your area. 
how did that happen? You know, what does that look like? How can artists and creatives um, get sponsorships like that? Did they reach out to you? Did you reach out to them? Give us the, give us the goods. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, it comes from having put out and doubled down on producing more content because they have found me, which has been the most amazing part. Because awesome. for the longest, yeah, for the longest time, I've been wanting to get sponsored by um, them because they're a they're a store that uh, in the UK that I regularly go in, go into to get my art supplies, and I was reaching out to them for for ages and. Um, there's a there's a lady called Alice who uh, saw some of my stuff, uh, some of my content on Instagram, started following me, and they um, they commissioned me to kind of produce some content for their um, Instagram, um, and so that that uh, content led to being one of the highest viewed, well, no, the highest viewed um, uh, Instagram uh, videos that they've had, um, and because that did so well, that led to a second commission for Black History Month. They asked me to again produce some content and and create a painting um, for for Black History Month of, of Rosa Parks. So that's the lady who um, refused to get up and give her seat to to a white mm-hmm. man back in um, I can't remember the exact year, but um, so yeah, that that's been amazing. And it was them reaching out to me. Um, there are ways to do it. I would say that LinkedIn maybe is a good way to actually seek out the people that you need because. Um, you're able to see job titles and that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, honestly, putting out more content has been the way that I've almost attracted them as, a, as opposed to it being the other way around. Ah, that's awesome. Um, I have done like a couple, I guess you could say brand collaborations or like influencer collaborations, but I definitely have on my bucket list to partner with obviously an arts and crafts art supply type of brand um but there's so many like different companies that can align with uh to the people that's listening that can align with your industry and your interests um that you can seek out i'm just curious to know if you've done other um collaborations with brands such as like hobby craft and then also if you have any insight for those listening as far as like how those partnerships works in terms of um payment so i see i've always seen content around like influencer um how they get brand deals and like how much they charge and you know how much um, certain companies offer i have yet to hear anything about you know like the the arts and craft space so to speak um is there obviously you can't share i guess exactly what your agreement is with them specifically but do you have any insight that you can share as far as those are just that are like interested in going this route and pitching themselves um as far as like what they should charge or how that even works in a brand deal or sponsorship yeah so i mean specifically talking to hobbycraft um the deal was kind of a flat fee for both of the commissions that they asked like you know the content um and I didn't know the figure to, to charge. It was literally just kind of like, this is what it costs <laughs> the, or what I'd charge for a painting. And so I will record it for you. Obviously, it was a great opportunity to work with a massive brand. So I was just like, cool, I'll just charge you whatever it would cost uh, a normal painting and then just produce the um, video content on top of that. And you can have that. Um, and then also they send me um, basically all of my supplies. Um, I haven't had to do a stock up yet, but um, I'll definitely be reaching back out to them. Uh, <laughs> that's that, dope. The, that stuff can definitely add up um, when you're buying a lot of it. So, um, so yeah, they provide um, the um, 
the uh, products that I use, which, like I said, I mean, from a branding, I mean, if anything, that was more than enough in itself because that stuff, like I said, can really, really get expensive if, um, yeah, if you're producing paintings at volume. So, so yeah, that was that. Was that. Um, and then with other brands, I, I signed a deal with a company called Threads, um, which is uh, like a personal shopper. So they have clients, uh, kind of high net worth clients that come to them and ask them for like bags, shoes that they can't get anywhere else. And so if they want a painting, I'm one of their signed artists. And so they will send a body of my work over to them. If they like it, they'll commission me. And that kind of led to a couple of lucrative um, uh, painting deals last year. Um, and so that's how that works. Mm. I love that. Thanks for sharing that insight. And I think a key thing to take away from that to anyone that's listening is just kind of like, you really have to kind of think outside the box and figure out obviously how this partnership or collaboration can benefit you, but most importantly, how it benefits, you know, the person that, or the company that you're seeking out. Um, because a lot of times, you know, these, these companies are looking for people like you and you don't need like thousands of followers either. If you are like a, what they would call like a micro influencer and you have an engaged community and an engaged audience, they would pay for that way. Even if you only had like a thousand followers, they would pay for the engagement and um, high engagement community over like somebody who has like a million followers with like no engagement. So I think it's important for those that are listening to take that in consideration. Don't make it this discouraged if you don't have like a big following but also just think about like what's in it for them as well as what's in it for you and how you can you know amp up the collaborations so that both parties can get as much as they want um out of it so that you both are winning in the end yeah and and just further to that as well i think there's been kind of a real uh, surge in kind of like you said micro influencers those people Mm -hmm. with smaller followings because you have much more depth um, with that audience if it's in a specific niche um, and you uh, have got a real engaged community, um, you know, people that comment on your on your pictures and whatnot, because I think we're seeing that some of the bigger influencers have kind of maybe sold themselves out by just yeah. taking deals, um, you know, on like Boohoo Tea and like Herbal Life mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. And, and people are kind of a bit numb to now seeing those types of ads. And, and when you're just seeing that uh, over and over again, it can get a bit boring. Whereas, you know, people that have them really engaged audiences, that's, that's what companies want because you know that you're getting what is advertised on the sticker. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think that's, what's really important to know because I feel like some people starting out or that don't have a big following, they feel so discouraged because they don't have, you know, that number behind the followers, but really what you should be focusing on is how can I get, you know, those 100 or 200 or 500 followers that I do have, or, you know, 3000 followers that I do have, how can I get those people to be really engaged, comment a lot, you know, provide feedback, connect with me as well as connect with them. How can I build that engagement? Cause that's really what's going to make you money and provide you with those types of deals. If that's the type of route um, you want to seek out. Yeah, no, I mean, again, you literally just nailed it and hit the net. <laughs> 
Hey Gangstar, sorry to interrupt, but if you're enjoying this episode so far, stop what you're doing right now and share this podcast with your friends on social media or text it to a friend in your contacts. If you're a true Gangstar and want to uplift and empower other creatives like I know you do, you're going to want to take a few seconds to do this now. Go ahead and pick your phone back up or click that browser tab that you're playing this episode in, hit that pause button and share it now. Hello, what are you waiting for? All right. Thank you for doing that. Now let's get back to the show. So you also got to collaborate with Rolls Royce, which is freaking badass. Um, I remember when I first started seeing your post and I was like, okay, I see you. That's pretty cool. They got, they got you riding around in the cars. You're going to the dealership. I saw your stories today where you're like in the design, like studio part of it. Um, So tell us, you know, a little bit about how that came about, what that looks like, you know, um, what is it exactly that you do for them and they do for you? Um, And then I also saw, I guess you sold a $10,000 painting or a 10,000 euro painting. Uh, Was that with them? Was that just through a connection through them? Like, I want to know everything about um, this relationship. (laughs) Yeah, I've I've, off the back of, I've literally just got out, stepped out of the, the car um to <laughs> this podcast having come back from from their uh, manufacturing plant over in goodwood which um was absolutely amazing the, the level of quality and standard over there is insane but um yeah no so again because i've been putting out a lot of content um one of the um pr girls um reached out um a, a lady called isabella uh, sorry isabel and um she uh, was wanting to commission a painting for um, for the showroom. They were doing an opening of their Mayfair showroom in London. And so they wanted a painting uh, for it. And that kind of led to me doing that. Um, that was on a collab basis. But what happened thereafter is that they then put it out to their clients. And the money that was raised from uh, selling the painting went to the charity, which is why I've been to Goodwood today to go and meet the charity, meet the collector and um, kind of do that exchange with a big old fake check. So in a couple of days time, I'll be uh, <laughs> posting that. But um, yeah, it was just insane. I think that uh, along the way, I've been lucky enough to drive a few of their cars as a perk of doing all that work. So yeah, it's just been a pretty insane um, collab and going forward, they are the types of collaborations that I'd love to continue doing. That's amazing. Well, congrats on, on, on doing that. I mean, I feel like that's such a, I guess you could say random, you know, type of collaboration that most artists wouldn't really think about, you know, or think that they would obtain or pursue, um, for anyone that's like, wow, I didn't think about, you know, partnering with like a luxury brand. That's pretty cool. Obviously they, they sought you out. Um, but is there any like tips or advice that you would like to share as far as like what a prestigious luxury brand like Rolls Royce looks for in a partnership with an artist? Um, and what are some things that, uh, they could be doing, I guess, to better seek out and land these types of opportunities? So I think firstly, to answer your first part of your question, um, I think over the over the year, I've focused a lot on the quality of my work. I think in the beginning, I was trying to get just so much content out there, in, uh, sorry, so many paintings out there, just to, you know, reach the kind of people that I wanted to, to, to actually then get the reach in turn from them posting my work. 
whereas over the past kind of yeah year i've just really focused on improving the actual quality i've, I've moved from acrylic paint to now oil paint which has helped my paintings and maybe look a bit more realistic and so i think that focus has maybe come across in my social media um which has led to, to brands like that kind of reaching out um and the, in 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 answer to your second part of the question how can people get uh, more collaborations it goes down to what i said earlier which is just produce as much content as you can because people will see that and good things will happen. Mm, simple as that. You just got to work. <laughs> you got to hustle. You got to put the work out and do the work um, and be consistent <laughs> with it. Yeah. And, and to be fair, I, yeah, I did I kind of miss that off as well. I, like I said, um, where I've been able to, I guess, um, make a bit more with my art, I, the, one of the, I, I see it as a business. And so, I've taken on a social media manager um, in uh, Olivia who has been able to kind of reach out to people and also nurture those people that have been coming into the inbox uh, to get them to the point where we're then doing these deals, if that makes sense. So that has really helped as well. It isn't just a case of everything is inbound. You do kind of have to go out there searching a little bit for it too. Uh, gotcha. Um a question I, I did have as far as your Rolls-Royce um, partnership, and I don't know if you could share this or not, because it's more of like a detail of it. Um, obviously, you had shared like, you know, it was for you to paint a painting in the showroom, and then this painting was to raise charity or money for charity um, yeah. and things like that. But then you're also, I've seen many times where they've lended cars to you to like drive around or drop off paintings or things like that. Was that like something you worked out as part of your deal um, in exchange for doing the work? Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, that part was completely unexpected. Um, oh. It's transparent. Uh, these companies have like press cars and stuff. So, you know, I, I guess I'd be considered some somewhat of an influencer in their eyes. And so gotcha. they, um, they uh, give you the privilege of using their cars to, you know, uh, get around to the events and, um, and uh and deliver if i've got like a, a particularly um prestigious client um they will uh lend us lend us a car and whatnot so so yeah that definitely wasn't uh when i went into it that wasn't kind of uh predefined if that's the right word but mm -hmm. it is a huge perk that's come out of it and, <laughs> and some, <laughs> yeah it's been uh amazing Okay. And that's cool. Well, thanks for sharing that insight. I was, that was something that I was definitely um, curious about. And I think it just goes to show too, how some partners, you know, they go over and beyond for their influencers or their, their collaborators. Um, but then also it probably could have been something that you could have predetermined too, um, that people don't think about as well. So I uh, just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, definitely. Um, and now what I'm really excited to talk to you about, well, not that I wasn't excited about everything before, but you're going to have your first solo show um, in the very near future. It's going to be what the 17th, right? So a couple of weeks from now, which I'm sure you're like stressing out about working hard and trying to get everything squared away in time for um, congrats on having your first solo show. You're going to have it at South Place Hotel in London um how did this happen what made you finally decide to do a solo show I remember I saw one of your insta stories like the day I think you went in for like the meeting and how it went well and that's when you announced the solo show um but yeah just tell us a little bit about that and how that's been going um 
So I'm excited. You know, I'm really excited for you. I mean, this is your first solo show. I haven't had a solo show uh, quite yet, but I look forward to the day that I do. So I'm going to be asking some questions as far as like all the things that you've done to prepare for it and get that that nailed in. Yeah, no, absolutely. I can't. I literally can't even remember how that even come up. Um, I, like I said, um, Olivia, um, my um, social media manager, uh, she told me about it. So I can't remember if she reached out to them or um, we reached out to, to, they reached out to us or we reached out to them. I, I can't quite remember that. But all I do remember is that they wanted to, I ended up going down to South Place Hotel, uh, had a conversation with the um, the manager there and, and they said they'd like the work and whatnot. And so they have artists in residency. So three months at oh, a time, okay. and yeah, they'll have a, a new artist in. And so they liked, liked the work, which was uh, obviously a, a amazing in itself. And, and so we kind of agreed terms that from February the 17th, I'll be in residency at the hotel for three months. So although the kind of launch night is on the 17th, um, it will kind of, the work will be available to view and see in that hotel for, for until, yeah, well, the following three months, you know? Oh, wow. That's amazing. Um, I actually think too, you know, I've always went into hotels and some hotels like have galleries or have artwork and shows like that. Um, and I always wondered how that came about. So when then I saw that you had this opportunity, I was like, oh, it's a it's an artist residency in hotels. Yeah. And I didn't even know that was like a thing. Um, well, was that some? Was... Go ahead. Oh, sorry to jump in. No, what was amazing about that particular setup is that I do eventually want to get into um, a gallery called Maddox. Um, but what I really liked about this setup as the first kind of show is that it actually wasn't in a gallery. I didn't want it to become some stuffy event. This is actually mm. like a really cool space. It, it looks like a bit like a rainforest, weirdly enough, in the actual venue. Um, it just so happens this particular hotel is big on art, if that makes sense. And so, oh, okay. yeah, they really champion artists and uh, um, and want I work I guess for their walls and put on events and are helping to actually promote the the night so it's kind of uh the perfect opportunity because you I guess wouldn't usually necessarily get that kind of um one exposure because they're speaking to the press and two um you know the length of residency was yeah. also in parts yeah I mean having your art be able to hang up there for three months is quite a long time um and it's pretty cool that it gets to take up that space where you know thousands of visitors from all over the world get to come in and see your artwork and and, and check you out yeah and I think what's exciting is to see you know not necessarily people that have been following me but what works perfectly for South Place Hotel is that I live out in Essex which is like uh, outside of London and I was I didn't really want to do a show in Essex because it's kind of not really the happening place to be so kind of going mm -hmm. into London gives everyone a central point to kind of work off um, and that's what's exciting because it's in a location where everyone from around London is able to get to because Liverpool Street which is where the hotel is um, Liverpool Street Station sorry um, it's it's great in terms of being able to get there easily so I'm hoping that for those that are not able because there is a guest list on the night to, to come that night, then they can still see the work um, anywhere along that kind of three month time period. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So what is your, your show about share with the gang stars um, 
the the theme of your show and um I guess kind of go into you know what's been going on behind the scenes as far as what you've been having to do to plan it and execute yeah absolutely so uh, like I said I kind of call myself a social media artist and so with that I listen to my audience about what they want me to do and, and what they think I should be doing and and I, I kind of not always take their advice, but I definitely hear their suggestions. And and a, and a lady come into the inbox and I was just like, and she mentioned that I hadn't painted um, a lot of females. And I was like, wait, what? So I went back through my website and just kind of sealed the things that I have done. And, and there wasn't that many females. Um, so I was like, well, what an amazing way to uh, kind of um, champion women is, is create a show kind of of female icons from across the decades to kind of champion some of the most powerful women um, and successful women um, and so that's what kind of led to that and then throughout the kind of last few months I've been asking my audience as I go as to who and what icons I should be painting so that you feel kind of um, involved, involved. In, yeah mm-hmm. exactly involved with what I'm doing um, and so just yesterday I put out uh, the the call for the last the last um, icon um, and I just need to go through finally and find out who that is because I'm quite up against it now in terms of time it is very close <laughs> to the and what I didn't yeah. realize the show is that there's so much to do um, stuff that you wouldn't necessarily expect that just takes up a lot of time what are some of those things the fact that oil paint takes weeks and weeks and weeks to, to dry <laughs> that is probably the biggest <laughs> the biggest issue I'm having right now is trying to get everything dry in time to then varnish to then get it to the framers and then to also deliver it to the venue like that logistically is an absolute nightmare um when you're working quite tight if that makes sense yeah I know I've Me- heard of artists um baking their oil paintings to make them dry faster I don't know if that's something that you can do or if there's somebody in the area that does that I don't know even that's like the right thing to do but that was just something that popped in my head um, that I remember hearing that some oil painters that uh, I've talked to have done to speed up the the drying process yeah uh, well I've been thinking of literally every single way you could possibly speed up the process um I thought I thought about getting an assistant in I thought about <laughs> there you go I've got uh heaters and dehumidifiers going running 24 7 in my studio it, it literally just is not working but what I found oh, is I found a medium that actually speeds up the whole drying process so um oh cool yeah I, I've managed to find out that in time so it's been a bit of a learning process um and so I'm now using that to kind of do the last couple of paintings. Otherwise, they definitely wouldn't be dry, wouldn't be dry in time um, for the for the show. Gotcha. Is there any other things that I guess logistically that go into preparing and planning a solo show that you didn't expect that has been kind of a learning lesson? I think um, just even little bits. Like I think a lot of it is like behind the press. So um mm. if you are doing press releases and stuff you actually need to provide a bit of a bio about yourself and when you're painting up against to the wire I haven't got time to also be doing that as well so um that has been an eye-opener uh in its <laughs> in its um just just simple things like even just finding the right image sketching it out 
the, you know, the kind of basic fundamentals that just takes a lot longer um, as well. And then obviously the biggest thing is, is getting the right guest list. And so that's been a kind of back and forth trying to pin down who's coming, who's not coming. So those are the kind of, uh, I guess, bigger issue. So the, the kind of little things that are, are just taking up time that you would otherwise be spending painting. I mean, to give you an idea, I would usually paint a painting in about three weeks. Um, and at the moment I'm having to produce a painting every seven days. So it's been intense <laughs> three months. <laughs> Oh man, well, I'm sure it's all going to be worth it and I'm sure it's going to turn out amazing. And I'm really stoked and excited to obviously watch from social media, the behind the scenes of, you know, how it turns out. And I'm sure everyone's going to love it. It's really cool too, because I feel like, um, you know, I've been following you for a little bit over a year now, and I can really see uh, a difference in how much your your art looks as far as quality um, skill set. Um, and I think, again, that has all to do with obviously the hustle that you're putting into the solo show, but also, you know, just taking the time to invest in yourself, whether it was the space um, and studio that we talked about, um, hiring help um, and, you know, uh, part-time employees or subcontractors, things like that to kind of help you as you grow. And I think it's really showing through your work. So I'm really, um, one proud of you and two excited, uh, for what is, uh, to come in the future. And I'm super stoked to see how this solo show is going to turn out. So for anybody that's listening, um, is this, this is a show that people can, can check out. I'm assuming, right. I know you talked about a guest list, but people, if anybody's listening, that's in, London in that area would they be able to go and visit the show um on the opening night or throughout the three months that it's there yeah so on the night it's a guest list so um you won't be able to just walk in but anytime after the 17th you can literally just walk in ask to see the show um it well I mean it'll be on display as you walk in but um you can then just walk in and, and you'll be able to see the work so um that is um yeah that is how people can can see it you know Amazing. Um, and is it free to access other than just going in and just saying yeah. here, I'm, I'm here to check it out? Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's absolutely free um, to go to go in and have a look. And it's going to be great because what I'm going to try and do is um, after the show, I'm going to definitely try and get down there um, a few times, which I'll announce on my Instagram uh, to go down there and maybe meet uh, some of the collectors and some of my um, community. If they do want to come and see us, um, it'd be great to kind of meet some of the people that have been supporting me on social media to to, to actually meet them in real yeah. life and build build that connection I think that in general like the good things that are happening I think it's compounding it can feel at times like you're not getting anywhere and, and I guess I need to take some of my own advice but what if you just keep doing it keep doing it keep doing it I feel like things are beginning to start showing that they're paying off if that makes sense yeah for sure um, I think that goes with like anything in life, whether it's your craft or your career or even your relationships. Um, it's just, you just got to keep at it and be consistent and disciplined with it. Um, and it's kind of like, you, it's kind of hard not to see any growth or anything good happen out of that. Yeah, no, I, I, absolutely. Like you, like you said, I think I'm just trying to be relentless with it. I definitely am looking forward to um <laughs> bit of a holiday or a bit of a chill time after um, yes. um a bit of a chill time after doing the show mm -hmm. um 
but yeah, I, I think if I can just keep going, uh, maybe this time next year we'll be talking about much even even bigger things. But uh, yes. yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see how we get on, I guess. <laughs> I love that. And yes, definitely make sure you celebrate your wins. And um, that's something I had to learn the hard way uh, a few years ago, um, in, in my business. And it's when you don't stop to celebrate the wins, which when you're, you're somebody who's dedicated to your work or, you know, you're a hustler, you love to strive and grind. Like that's just like, you can't really value sometimes pausing and taking time for yourself or taking time to celebrate, but that's just part of the journey. Because if you don't stop and celebrate, everything kind of just becomes a blur. Everything kind of blends in together. And a lot of times it can lead to, you know, um, depression or, you know, bad mental health and things like that. So everybody that's listening, like it's important to celebrate your wins, go out there and take a break, go on vacation after you do something amazing, like having a solo show, or even if it's a small win, say you sold your painting or you sold a print, like, you know, go grab a drink, just like take in a moment at least to celebrate those wins. So Lawrence, I hope you definitely take that vacation or take a week off to just do whatever you want to do and just chill and vibe out because you definitely deserve it. I think, uh, thank you. I, mm-hmm. I think what I wanted to going into this show is to literally say that I've tried my absolute hardest and to have left it all on the table. I know that sounds like, uh, sorry, all on the field, I think you're saying is, but it, I know it's a bit cliche, but it's like, I can literally look back on this show and be like, I literally did everything, you know, even coming onto these podcasts and then from this podcast, I'm going to the studio and I'll be there till late at night and stuff. Like, I want to look back and just be like, look, you gave it absolutely everything and, and what will be, will then be, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, Lawrence, thank you so much for taking the time to spend this, you know, hour or so uh, speaking with me and sharing all your recent wins and updates on your life and your your career and business. It's been really cool catching up. And um, I really feel like the Gangstar Creative listeners got a lot of gold nuggets and notes to take um, from this episode as well. So again, I'm excited to see how your show turns out. Good luck with everything. Um, and I honestly until the next time right we, we can have another yeah. show talking about some some more cool things that you may have in the future i said we'll have to do this in a year's time and see <laughs> every year <laughs> keep redoing it and seeing, seeing where we're at yeah for sure yeah no def- uh, definitely <laughs> definitely so um no but thank you so much for having me on I, I, I enjoyed the conversation we had last time and um i've really enjoyed this one too i think um it's really easy to talk to you so uh, thanks for thanks for having me on Yeah, of course. And to everybody listening, make sure you go follow him. Make sure you go check out that first episode that we did together. Um, And make sure you, if you're in the area, go check out his solo show. It comes out um, on February 17th. He's going to be, his artwork's going to be there at South Place, uh, South Place Hotel in London for three months. So there's a lot of time to go and check it out. Um, And he said that he's going to be there a few days just to come and meet you guys. So make sure you go take advantage of that opportunity as well. And Uh, Until next time. Thanks, Lawrence. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, listen to a couple more episodes, and share it with a fellow Gangstar creative. I would also be forever grateful if you left a review letting me know what you loved and what you'd like to hear more of. And as a thank you for leaving me a review, I'll gift you both my 10 ways to create a Gangstar brand PDF and 5 ways to boost your online sales PDF. Just screenshot your review and DM me the picture on Instagram at Devonna Stimson and I'll send it right over to you. Until next time, cheers to annihilating the status quo of the starving artist.